Plain Jane, Jackie Chain, Richard Millie. You gon' be the one, bust it down, I can see it. Diamonds in the face, crushed up, I can see it. Diamonds in the face, crushed up, I can see it. Diamonds in the face, crushed up, I can see it. Diamonds in the face, crushed up, I can see it. Diamonds in the face, diamonds in the face. Have a ticket for my rich Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to another episode of the Shoot Your Shot Podcast. I am your host, Diddy, aka Diddy Escobar, aka Diddy Hendrix. We'll touch on that later. AKA the big homie. And to my left is the interim co-host. Hey, y'all. It's your girl, Ali Nicole, a.k.a. your favorite little shit talker, a.k.a. that little baby who may listen this year. Oh, shit. We listening this year? I may. We'll see. I don't want to be hard-headed no more. I ain't hard-headed. We'll see how this... We'll we'll, we'll revisit this in, like, March. I ain't hard-headed. I just play a lot. You play too goddamn much, (laughs) anyway. How are you doing? Um... It's been a long, hard Monday. Now I'm going hard on and a long, hard So, um, this weekend, I was very drunk. Um, I get tired of that shit. But, no, honestly, this was actually a very chilled weekend. I think we went out on Friday. Um, right. We went to Lalo. Right. It's pretty smooth. Shout out to DJ Bandcamp. Um, and then Saturday, Snowmageddon hit us, and we decided that we was going to stay in the house. As it's smart because, you know, the Monroe... Okay, so for Cincinnati to be a cold weather city, whenever any form of significant snow hits, everyone loses their damn minds. Or how about the city of Cincinnati? I pay a lot of taxes between Cincinnati and Forest Park. Y'all could definitely have the salt trucks out the night before. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. For a cold weather city, the city of Cincinnati. Don't clear the damn roads. They don't. And I really think they're just like, they literally, because there's a hierarchy. And so there's level one, level two, level three streets. Level one streets are the, street, the main streets. Your Redding Rose, your Vine Streets. Your... Corrine was trash, like, for the majority of the day Sunday. Right. I remember I drove on that motherfucker. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And then the further up you got, you're like, oh. No, the closer you got, like, Corrine towards the city, like the bottom of Corrine, fine. The closer you got to the suburbs... Trash. Trash. And for, again, for a cold weather city, even if this was Nashville, I could probably understand, okay, y'all not ready for, I think we, the total was end up being like seven inches, right? Okay, cool. Gross. Um, For Atlanta, we made fun of Atlanta for years when they got two inches of city and two inches of snow and the city shut down. I mean, but prepared. Like, y'all know what you can handle. Cincinnati be like, well, we Midwestern. Like, we, we can handle this. We're built for snow. And then snow comes. Y'all can't drive. The roads aren't prepared. And y'all don't plow like you're supposed to. And so I, unfortunately, because I knew it was going to be crazy Saturday and I wasn't going to leave my house. But I waited until Friday to run all my errands. So Mm-mm. I was doing laundry. I made a mistake. And so I made the mistake of going to the grocery store like, 6 p.m. on Friday? I promise you, anytime there's inclement weather, people act like it's a state of emergency. All the bread, cheese, milk, all, all the, the non-perishables. All the non-perishables. The canned aisle look like hell. I felt bad for the stock workers that night because y'all ra- y'all ravaged it. Poor babies. <laughs> for at most, what, two days? At most two days of inconvenience. Y'all because, ain't have to act like that. Because I, like, I was in the house Saturday. Like, literally woke up, didn't leave the house the entire day. 
there's no point. I had shit to catch up on. I, you know, you, you know, we talked about Game of Thrones last week, the new show You on Netflix. I have yet to watch You. You you would like it. I would like it. Um, if you like psychological like thriller type, I do. You, you would I like do. it. It's a little touch. It, it will have you rooting for the psycho a little bit, though. No you know cap. what's funny? I actually do root for the bad guys in movies. And it's bad. Like, I be like, when the bad guy gets to talking, when the villain gets to talking, a lot of times he makes a lot of sense. He makes a lot of sense. It's hard not to see it from his side. And I'm like, you still fucked up, but you make a lot of sense, my nigga. Like, I feel you. And so for this one, I go, like, no no plot spoils or anything like that, but, like, only way, only reason, because the only reason you wouldn't like this villain is because it's a man obsessed over a woman. Y'all gotta stop, man. Never mind. Miss- that show may not be for me. I'm so I deal with a lot of simp ass niggas in my real life. I don't need to watch one on TV. But this simp ass nigga is it's like it's like a different level, mm-hmm. and he fell in love with some good puss. Fell in love with some good. <laughs> and, he was in love before the pussy happened. Uh-huh. That's all. If that's the only thing I'm gonna say, because I someone tried to get me, like try to get me in trouble because I was live tweeting. I'm like, surely this show came out like maybe a month ago. Like the the, the, the statue nope. limitations. Nope. I'm actually on her side because Why? I get pissed off when I see Game of Thrones spoiler, spoilers. Like the show hasn't been out for years. I know I'm late to the party, but I still want to enjoy it. I'm so sorry. I'm. I agree with her. That, I agree with her. That makes no sense. And I don't so, care. I don't and, care. And, and so I dip, duck, and dodge Game of Thrones spoilers for the most part. I, I mean, I I try upon, to scroll past it real quick. I stumbled upon some just because, like, when people were live tweeting them before I was getting into it. Like, I know certain shit gets real in certain time frames. I don't know, like, the particulars. But there's a statute of limitations, right? And so Game of Thrones, for example, has been out since 2011. And so for someone like me, I can't. In good conscience, I can't get mad at people talking about the current state of the show and I'm catching up and there's some, like, spoilers along the way. Because it's been out for so long, the statute of limitations are up, just like movies. Mm-hmm. So for movies, the general statute of limitations is a week after it releases. As far as, like... But the- what about, like, the lames like me who don't go to the movie theater as soon as the movie comes out. Number one, y'all talk too much in the movies. And some of that should be funny. Don't get me wrong. But, like, if it's a movie I really want to go see, I'm going to wait. Like, I, it's very rare that I go to the movies on opening see, weekend. See, the only only t- um, movies, only only movies that I personally will go opening weekend to see are Marvel movies. Because that's the only movies I'll get pissed if someone spoils it for me. Yeah. So, but it's like opening, so it's generally like, it's a week. So if a movie releases on Thursday, generally it's good practice to, to wait till next, that next Thursday in mm. order to kind of discuss it. Mm-mm. Um, But then again, I'm also, uh, but also in this day and age, it is very easy to avoid spoilers if you really want to. You could just mute the keywords. You can just, you know, not. Tweet from your mentions. You could do a hope, and it's, it's, it's different between someone live tweeting and some. If someone entered your mentions with a spoiler, yeah, that's. I'll be ready to square up. Like I just had, we just had to kick a nigga out of a group chat today because this nigga coming in spamming end game theories and, and and possible spoilers. And like, no, you are on timeout this entire day, twenty four hours. Get the fuck out of here. No, but for you, <laughs> I'm so glad my group chat respects me because it would never do that. <laughs> no, it was, it was like he was like it was like shot to church on the drums, but like he came in, like and came in with like two separate links or like spoilers or possible 
theories and we're like, nigga, I will kill you. Why would you do that to me? Like, I will fight you. Like, don't play with In, me. like, Game of Thrones, okay, after you get past the first season, it gets really good. Like, it gets real spicy. And the character development in this show, I actually appreciate the writers. The writers, y'all don't give a fuck. Y'all do what y'all want to do. Y'all don't care about fan favorites. You don't care about none of these ratings bullshit. Y'all gonna do what y'all want to do. Because there are a couple people that died. I ain't gonna say nothing. But there are a couple people that died that took my heart out of my chest. Like, couldn't breathe. And my mama's starting to catch up, and she's behind me. So she's watching certain scenes, and I'm like, Lord, I gotta go. (laughs) Mommy, I can't stay long. This is triggering. (laughs) She's like, what the fuck? I said, sis, you'll text me once you get there. You'll understand. So, but no, shout out to the writers because they did what they wanted to do. They took this storyline where they wanted it to go. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Like, the reason why I know it's a good show, and even because this first season was still relatively slow. But I know because first and foremost, when I announced it, when people listened to the episode, was like, like welcome, like welcome to the community. Like I yes. just crossed, like welcome. They were giving me alien shit. Like welcome, <laughs> like we got cookies and, and punch in the back. We like, got you know souvenir dragon eggs. Like right here. We've got- and then secondly, people were like, they like the real fans are like so excited for when someone is catching up and they see the journey. Yes, and they like, they tweet you while you're, I think that's the interaction that I love because they're like, where are you at in the show? And then they'll see me tweeting it and they'll be like, oh bitch, hold on to your wig, ho. And like, people like, like, it was like, hey, like, it gets worse before it gets better, like, you know, if you need like a, a, a grief counselor, please let me know if you need and so, counseling. And, and so, Feel and free so. to take a mental break, which I did. I, I honestly, after this last, I'm on season six, so I had to take the last episode I just watched. I have to take a mental break. I'm gonna take a week off because my feelings are so hurt right now. My feelings are so I can't. I wish you were further in the show because I would talk to you about it, but my feelings are hurt. So we're gonna take a week off. And that's and that's another thing because like. Because people, like, I'm like, I can't. I'm not there yet. I, I'm not there where you could just discuss this new trailer coming out because I ain't even see the motherfucker. I think you're going to catch up by, like, the end of February because, like, the episodes are hour longer six seasons ago. So unless you have that much free time, like, it took me months to catch up. So I've been catching up since, like, October. And I'm not the most binge-watchy person. So it's going to take me a while. And so so I got I got until April. I got to April to be fully caught up, and that's so that's the plan to get is to get it caught up by April, right? Um, and generally averaging probably like one episode a day, because um, you know, like you get home from work, get home from gym, pop one in, and like, then that I could do like two a night, and then I be like, okay, I I want to pay attention. I don't want to fall asleep on this, and I feel like and see, I'm, and so like I'm not, I'm not a huge. Been just watching an entire season in a night type of person. Oh no, I got shit to do. And there are ten episodes per season. That's ten hours of binge watching. I, that's a lot. That that means that I have had nothing to do all day. I, all my stuff is hand. Kiddos cool. You know what I mean? Like that's a lot. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, I don't have ten hours. <laughs> I, I don't. Well, speaking of people who clearly didn't have ten hours to do something right, your president out here fucking <laughs> tripping. Did you see that struggle plate? Bro. So for those of you who don't have social media, live off a of rock, whatever. Aren't college football fans, any of these things. Any of those things. So Clemson Tigers. The Clemson Tigers won the national championship in college football by blowing the fuck out of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Like 44-16. Dominant victory. 
right? So, so when you win a national championship, you get invited sport. to the White House. If, if World Series, Major League Baseball, National Championship Football, and Basketball, pretty much any major sport, usually, well, before 45 came in office, because some people have turned down the invitation. Yeah. But usually you go to the White House. That's kind of a thing. Right. So the Clemson Tigers decided that they were going to go anyway. Whatever. Honestly, it is, despite who the sitting president is, it's typically a huge honor to be invited to the White House. Right. And that's like a thing. Like, you really want... It's, a, it's an honor. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a privilege. It's a once-in-a-lifetime. And, and, and it's shitty that y'all president is out here actively making it less of a privilege. Right. But, so, they come, they, they're coming, but... Again, and we'll touch on so the government shut down because again, y'all president's a fucking idiot. So they don't have kitchen staff, which I find well no, they have kitchen staff, but it's just pared down. Right. And kitchen staff are federal employees. So right. they're working for free. And I saw somebody say this and I don't know if I agree with it, but it was like the same people it was like, Y'all told me y'all y'all made fun of Kanye when he said slavery was a choice, but yeah, y'all out here working for the federal government for free at this point. And I and still slavery wasn't a choice, but it's like damn, like niggas really out here working and not getting paid and not even getting back paid when So here's the thing, and we can circle back to y'all goofy ass president, but the thing about federal employees is this. There are certain positions that despite are deemed essential. Deemed essential, like your TSA. They have to show up for work. Because if they don't it's a safety, it's a public safety risk. Like, they can shut down a national park. They can shut down the IRS. But there are also still certain sectors of the, the IRS and the federal treasury are two totally different entities. Right. Number one. So the federal treasury is still at work right now. Right. Your, t- the, um, your lawmakers, uh, everybody that's in Congress, not only are they at work, they're also still getting paid. Because they write it into their budget. Exactly. What they can vote on when they vote to bring the government back in the shutdown is to have back pay. So for the past 25, 26 days that workers have been out of work, they can um, vote it in that we back pay them for their time out of work. However, that check comes on your typical pay cycle, which means we can go another two weeks without getting paid. Now, there are over 800,000 people in the United States who are affected by the shutdown. My mama is one of them. My mom works for the IRS and you laugh about all the goofy shit that the president does. And it's like not even laugh, but it's like, okay, it's every it's we're desensitized of it is what I'm trying to say. And then you start to really, really feel not just see the real world effects because you can see it. You can see children in cages. You can see this xenophobic ass wall. You can see like you can see it. You can see the breakdown of the policies that were set before us to protect us. Right. You can see those things and be like, okay, but my day-to-day life. Right. My mother, to put it into perspective, right? Me and my mom don't live together. Um, so I have a household. She has a household. Both these households run off of the income that I make and the income she makes. Right. Take away her income. Now, my mom makes significantly more money than me. Ball out, baller. So you take away her income with her budget, her bills, and the things she's got going on. Because it's not like the bills stop. The bills don't stop. So she still has February rent. Now, my mom is a frugal bitch. So her rent was paid. Bills are paid through through February. So she's good until February 1st. But this was done in December because, again, they've been laid off for a, mu- for a month now. Yes. I think it was actually before Christmas. Right. Before Christmas. 
before Christmas. So my mama, being prepared, being the woman that she is, she said, okay, I'm going to pay everything up. And then they got paid after Christmas. And then the week, the day after Christmas, they got paid. Right. So then, okay, so she sat on that. And then there's another, she was able to, she's in a position to be able to sit on that. And now we have another two weeks without pay, without, so. Even if the shutdown ends tomorrow. And even if the shutdown were to end tomorrow, that's another two weeks before my mom would see a dime from the from her back pay. Excuse me, her back pay. And then from what she's worked in the past two weeks. Imagine your income not having a dime come in for 30 days. And and let's, let's and go how to the stats. devastating let's, that is. Let's go to the stats because 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 a lot of people be faking the fuck like they got all this money. It's, it's a millennial thing to do. Right. But the statistics show that I think it's 30 or 40% of millennials, and this is generally our audience, don't have $1,000 in savings. 70% of the people who are currently working in the United States, whether you work for the federal government or not, technically work paycheck to paycheck. So imagine... Missing a paycheck. mm, Then imagine missing two. Because to be quiet as it's kept, a lot of y'all are just one or two missed paychecks away from being that homeless person that y'all shun on the streets every day. Right. If we go keep it honest. So it's just a very humbling. Now, thank God my mom is smart. Thank God she's got support. Thank God, like, you know, her children and, you know, we're around her to support her through this. But it's very humbling to look at, you know, to see it in in, in actuality in your face. To see a pay tub with zero dollars. Right. And so people talk about, well, what about unemployment? Okay, well, unemployment does have a cap. And the the money that sh- the cap for her unemployment is a drop in the bucket of her entire budget. And also, you have to be. Sh- I think unemployment benefits don't even kick in uh, until like you have to right. Because technically, she's not unemployed. Technically, she's not unemployed, but she's a furloughed employee. Right. So she does qualify. So some folks do qualify, but you're also thinking about it. You're asking her to again apply for government assistance with the same government that just put her out of work. Sound like a pimp. Sound like so, a pimp to me. And to be honest with you, um, they it's locally ran. Like you know, that's that's not federal. It's local. It's state on the state. It's state, but you know, look, your government assistance is state sanctioned. So mm-hmm. thank God for that. Because if it was, but it does take federal funding to fund state sanctioned things. So somebody is working for free to make sure that the people who can't go to work are getting paid. So when y'all make these jokes online, and I and, and I try not to take none of that too personal, but in this case, this hit close to home. So when you talk this shit and when you make jokes about not voting and you make jokes about your vote not counting, it does have real-world effects. It, it it matters more. And and to be honest with you, if you don't vote and if you don't participate in your local government and you are local in your, your federal government, your president elections, your state representatives, you don't, if you're not paying attention then there's something wrong with you. If you can't see the effects that this has on you and on your neighbor, then that's a position of privilege I wish I could ascend to. I wish I could not care. And it's... I'm kind of jealous. Ignorance is bliss. And it's, and it's and again, we don't want to harp too much on it, but this, this shit real life because it affects everything. So so going doubling back to what the Clemson players were served... <laughs> So, mind you, so again, the kitchen staff is furloughed, meaning they not working for the most part. So, y'all, President Cuatro Cinco <laughs> yes, decide, decided that the best, 
remedy for this unfortunate situation was to buy mad amounts of fast food. Wendy's, Taco Bell, Burger King, and McDonald's. I thought I saw pizza, too. And some Domino's. There was some Domino's. And so, (laughs) and not only did he do that, he bragged about About it. it. Called it all-American food. Now, a couple things. Oh, and then he said he paid for it himself. Right. Like, that's supposed to be something. Now, a couple things here. A couple things. One. Uh You're in D.C., you mean to tell me there, there's not a local fancy restaurant within walking distance of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue who's probably suffering a, a bit of business decline because most of their employees don't have money to buy food. Or because when you're in D.C., everything around the White House is a government-ran business and people are not at work. So those small businesses are also being impacted because ain't nobody coming in for a chopped cheese. But, so you mean to tell me that none of those restaurants would have benefited would have benefited from the White House catering and choosing them to cater the dinner with the damn national champions. You couldn't get you couldn't get away with McDonald's and Burger King and Wendy's on a first date. And you expect <laughs> let somebody pull up like I'm gonna take you on the first date. They pull up to McDonald's. How you do how you treating it? Baby, I would be so offended. <laughs> because first of all, I don't eat McDonald's on a regular day, let alone a date. So the other part about it is, bruh, the part that had me screaming is that he got Big Macs, fish fillet, and nuggets. That shit is like on a two for five menu, so he got that shit on a discount any fucking way. Yeah, and yeah. then had the nerve to brag that he paid and, for this and, himself. And, pay, and got mad for folks. Woo, child. And, and, and thirdly, so not only, not only did you excuse. All of the local businesses you're affecting, and what it would at least been a nice little bit of PR for you to get a local business to cater it. Of anything, or doesn't Trump have a hotel in DC? Right down the street that specializes so, in the luxury dining. So why couldn't he just have his own brand catered in? Oh, but it's not a conflict of interest, right? Yeah, and then secondly, not only so you're serving the national champions, the, ch- the people who went who achieved the pinnacle of their sport. Something that I would get clowned in right. I saw if, I, if I took a Cincinnati girl on a, on a date to. <laughs> and third, imagine if you're a picky eater or you have food allergy. Because fast food is beating exact worst shit to get catered on mass scale if you're a picky eater. Like, if you if you don't... Bitch, if I you're said a, no onions. If you're a vegetarian, what you going to do? Eat the McDonald's salads? This, if, you, if, you, if you're a pescatarian, is a fish fillet really your best bet? Let, let alone if you don't fuck with pickles or onions. Or how or... about what an honor it is to get invited to the freaking White House and then to be served something that you could buy yourself. On campus. What's with your, your swipes. <laughs> with your swipes. How, what a slap in the freaking face. Now, number one, and then I saw something where it was like, well, y'all do know who the president is. That's what the fuck they get for going in the first place. Couldn't agree more, honestly. But there's a couple, there's a difference here. Because first of all, this is not this is not a professional team. Right. These are college athletes, and so college athletes unfortunately have less autonomy. Mm, you're right. When it comes to these sorts of things, than their professional. So the whole team had to go, or at least the majority. Of, there's probably some people who could probably make up like, "Yeah, I'm not going." Or I'm whatever. sick. Yeah. But like the entire team couldn't do that. And I saw again. We talk about Apple mm-hmm. elitism. So, somebody took a picture of my, of my man Jackson Carmen with AirPods. Like, man, I'm too. I'm too <laughs> this is ghetto shit. And he, and he quoted, "He was like, I can't hear broke." Yeah, bro, <laughs> I hollered when I saw that. 
but like just kind of and and and, and I know we kind of started on this, but it's like we again we're so desensitized. We make jokes about everything because that's how we cope. And for all the bullshit that y'all president has done, he has done one thing very well. He has made people desensitized to the daily stream of fuck shit that this man does. And honestly, and I saw a tweet about this too. He's doing all the shit that people on Comic View said the first black president would do. And listen, like I, I did see that on Twitter. Let Obama had done some tacky ass shit like that. First and foremost, Michelle would have hit him with a Cobra Clutch before any back shit. She would have like, nigga, if you don't go to bed, chilly, and leave, give him some local shit, nigga, she would have beat Barack's ass on live TV. Listen, I feel, I truly feel Michelle Obama would have got her own ass in the kitchen and done some work. Michelle Obama looked like she could know how to stir a pot. <laughs> Them big ass arms. She Michelle at least Obama, season, so. and okay, she does not look like she does not look like she missed a meal. And so, and so, it's like, but we get these Obama. One of Obama's biggest scandals, besides uh, if you don't agree with his policy, you don't agree with his policy, like the drone strikes that he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of Obama's biggest scandals was him wearing a tan suit on Easter. You mean to tell me that Barack Hussein Obama? <laughs> Would have gotten would would you know it's black you can't pretend that's not black Barack Hussein Obama would have gotten away with feeding the national champions of college football fucking fast food I beg I don't, to differ I beg to differ yeah that's just crazy um and as always fuck Trump yeah as always fuck Trump um so but we're gonna move forward move forward because I don't want to spend more time yeah, on yeah I can't we, um your girl it is the shoot your shot podcast it is right? the shoot your shot podcast you have a story. It's story time with Alex. Hey. Get your beer, get your whiskey, get your wine. So I decided that I need to be a little bit more vocal about my interest in potential. Potential. Right. Um, Close mouth, don't get that. You know what I mean? And I realized that, Alex, you can't just like, wink your eye at somebody and that's shooting your shot you can't give them that smooth little up and down thing and then expect for them to know what time it is not in this day you can't walk by like gabrielle union and bring it on y'all know what i'm talking about that one meme and think that that's shooting your shot that's that don't work it it, that alex you gotta use your big girl words You, you got to so there was this guy that i've actually like been looking at I won't say crush. <laughs> they, they, they look nice. He looked, he's been looking real good, and he's looked real good consistently for a while. And I was like, I would like to take him out. Like, I want to go out. But I know, I don't think I was ever on his radar. Like, I don't think he's, not because I don't think, like, I don't think I'm attractive, but right. because I don't think he noticed me the way I noticed him. Which, it'd be like that sometimes. It really do be like that sometimes. So instead, I was just like, okay, my palms were sweaty. Knees weak, arms are heavy. <laughs> Bob Shauna shirt ready, mom's again. And I slid in this man's DMs and I asked him to go to the Cincinnati Museum Center with me. And he said yes. <laughs> so um we were supposed to have a date on Saturday. Um Snowmageddon. Snowmageddon and I got incredibly busy, so we are gonna reschedule. But you do miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. And I swish. 
Clap it up for her. 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 So, yeah. I was really actually proud of myself. Like, okay, Alex, that didn't go terribly bad. <laughs> but the last time before that time I shoot my shot, we were at Treehouse, and I was pretty drunk. And when I say I fumbled that bag, <laughs> I can't get mad. So, from then on, I was like, I, I see why men don't aren't as forward because when I got shot down that time, bro, that hurt it, my pride. Bro, ain't nothing worse. There's a lot. There's there's very few things worse than an unresponded to DM, and you're like, and especially because you know they seen it and they're just like, I'm not even gonna give you a response. But like the reason why I say more people should shoot your shot, especially women, um, is because when you only wait for someone to shoot at you. Your dating pool is limited to the people who shoot at you, who are who are who ha- got up enough courage, whether they're sober, drunk, or through, you know, what I'm saying a DM slot to talk to you. However, when you choose to shoot your shot, your dating pool is expanded to anyone and everyone. Mm-hmm. And so that's the reason I understand certain people are like, you know, he is like he who is he who finds a wife, not who he finds a husband, and all that. But you're also mis. Uh, quoting the actual Bible. But y'all misquote the Bible a lot, lot. but anyway. <laughs> and so, but it's more so it's like, if you see something that you want and you know that you want it, what good does it do to wait for that per- thing to to, 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 to to want you instead of going and letting that thing know? And it's not like, or it's not like something God, he has to be super explicit or super It wasn't. Blatant. And to be honest with you, I just thought he was cute, and I think I would enjoy his company. And I, like, that's it. That's it. Literally, there was nothing. There's no depth to that. I was like, I just really want love to grab food or hang out at this museum or do this thing. The thing that we tell you are dates, or I've been telling folks are dates, just doing it. I, I get, and in my head, I get tired of waiting, waiting. I get tired of waiting to be treated how I know I deserve to be treated. So... And my mom has this quote where she says, "You sometimes you definitely have to teach people how to treat you. So if, oh, I, so if I set the precedence, if I show you what I like, or if I show you what I'm into, or if I show you the standard that I'm at with things, it's kind of hard to fall below that. You've already been seen. You and, already and, know. And if, and if someone does choose to fall below that, then you, you can't. they can't blame it on ignorance. So a lot of times, and I hate for... I hate that trend of like it's usually women and we're usually young. Like you shouldn't have to treat a man. How, you shouldn't have to teach a man how to treat yes, you. you and first and foremost, every woman, every person is different, and uh, how they like to be treated and how they like to be treated, whether sexually, romantically, platonically, every person is different. And it's it's kind of ignorant to assume that somebody is going to be able to actually mm-hmm. know how you how you need to be treated. Obviously, there's common guidelines, right? There's bare minimum basic standards but i we're not accepting bare minimum basic standards and if no. we're not accepting bare minimum you have to teach somebody what goes and not goes if i make a joke and you didn't like it instead of cutting me off like hey i did that with, and not even just in my like romantic pursuits no, this or whatever is, this is platonic oh yeah I, professional. I, I had a friend who said something extremely offensive to me and i don't think he meant it i don't the thing about it, you get the benefit of the doubt with me when I know where your intentions were. But just because your intentions and actions don't match doesn't mean that there's not a conversation that needs to be had there. Right. So I told him straight up, I was like, listen, mm, sensitive subject for me. Don't know if you knew that I was sensitive to that, but this is how I want to be handled moving forward. And we've been cool since. 
cool. I think a lot of times we're afraid to tell people where we are with things. We're afraid to tell people our weak points. So when someone accidentally hits one of them weak points, instead of saying, hey. Or instead of saying, ouch, you growl. You know what I mean? Or instead of correcting Or instead instead of saying, ouch, you just run the other way and you don't talk to that person ever again. No. And so, like. If people mean something to you, then teaching them how to better handle you is, it shouldn't be hard. And if you see a future, because if you see a potential, like it's one of those things. If you don't see potential, somebody I, I sometimes move around. Like you know what I'm saying? Like if they already, if this is strike three, I get it. But if this is strike one, and there's and there's something that like you were guys are vibing cool, and then they said something that they that reasonably they wouldn't even expect to hit you like that. Mm-hmm. There's no harm in saying hey. I didn't like that, or hey, I would prefer this, or hey, it upsets me when you do this. Because you can't teach somebody without giving giving them the rubric to pass. Feedback. Feedback is important. And I'm the type of person, if I feel like you're testing me on purpose, I will fail on purpose. I like big boy words and big girl words. Use them. I, like, again, I notice, like, mm, how do I say this? I notice energy. I pick up on vibes very quick. But I also, the thing about vibes is it can be very assumptive because a vibe isn't something that's spoken. It's something you feel. So the way I interpret this could be something different than you interpret it as. Right, because vibes in general are, you know. Assumptions. Up to to interpretation. Right. So I eventually, I'm going to catch a vibe and eventually, like, I'm going to have an expectation to speak on this. Right. You or I, somebody has to say something. Otherwise, I'm going to just say, oh, I caught a vibe, but he never said nothing or she never said anything, so I'm going to sit on and it. And even, even if it's negative or positive, because I've had people say, like, hey, like, feels like you're a little distant or it feels like you don't really want to talk to me. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know I was giving that off. In your mind, I'm like, I've just been really busy. You right. Know, we always kind of hit up at the wrong time. Yeah. Like, I still, but. And in my head, that's completely normal. And literally the way I process it as, Oh, well, I, I caught you at a bad time. And then I think what it is is we have to stop taking everything so personal. And for me, what my battle is, is I have to stop taking rejection so personally. Like, I have to be afraid. Stop being so afraid for somebody to say no. Because that's, that's literally the worst you're telling me is no, I'll survive. Because I've been told a lot worse. Okay. <laughs> you want to be honest with mm-hmm. it. Speaking of worse, dude, your hinge dropped. He's dropping. The king, the king R and B, is back. <sighs> the king free band gang is back. We're gonna let you have this. Oh, one. listen. After the start to 2019, we had. I need this. Oh yeah. I need Your this. king of misogynistic lyrics is back. Yes, listen. The the titan of toxic masculinity. I fell in love with some good throat. <laughs> listen. Dress it up and make it real for me. Would you, are you rather trying to cry in this phantom or are you trying to cry in this Nissan? Talk to me. One monkey don't stop no show. Talk to me. Oh, you found happiness. That's nice. That's cute. It's an evil world out here. Talk to me. Talk to me nice. So when Future drops on Friday, talk to me nice. Cause cause I'm gonna be I'm gonna be fully immersed in free <laughs> in the free band Baptist church. I really Wait a minute. We're going to rebuke that right now. Um, so I really do, like, anytime Future drops, it's like the male lemonade. <laughs> like, y'all come alive. <laughs> we need it, bro. Like, listen, 
Everybody is entitled to a problematic fave. I'm working on a playlist for it. Ooh, yeah. Your problematic fave playlist is slap. Actually, can we get into that? You are definitely the playlist pimp. <laughs> the Mac Daddy of Mac products. Like, you... Because music, music is an outlet for me. And so, and so, in writing music, podcasting, like, I need to do things. Shout out to my therapist. I need to do things to get out the energy that I have, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, because I can't let it stay in there. Because once it stays in there, it builds up. That's when my anger issues come out. That's when I start blowing up and cussing people out. And I'm trying really, really, really hard to not cuss people out in right. 2019. Y'all not making it easy for me, but my God is still a guy who, who serves. So I'm really working on trying not to cuss people out. And so that's when the playlist gets made. Like, if I want to fight you, instead of me pulling up and fighting you, I'm going to make a playlist of fight songs. And so... <laughs> No, because you made one playlist, and it had, like, the Creed soundtrack on it. It had Nuck If You Buck. It had We Some Hair Busters. And I was in my office like, 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 bro, why is this getting me through this tough-ass day right now? Oh, because I can't knock her head off, but I can listen to some Knock em Out music. Exactly. I sure like, can. Like, I am the type of person I will come to your meeting in a business suit with headphones on and it's talking about flipping bricks. Because, I need, because I need to be in that flipping brick mindset to flip this deal. No, seriously. I have definitely almost wrinkled my work shirt listening to trap music on my way to work. Definitely. And, and so it's an outlet for me. So so I have this problematic fave playlist I'm still working on. But everyone is entitled one problematic fave as long as it's not R. Kelly. Well, because pro- fuck R. Kelly. Yeah, because well, we talked about that already. I just ha- I have to continue to remind people because people will take some things and try to twist it. Nah, no, fuck R. Kelly. still fuck R. Kelly. And so for me, my problematic fave is future. I understand that this man... <laughs> has seven baby mamas and eight kids. I understand that. I'm okay with that because he makes bangers. Well, of the gospel world, your problematic faves are very merry. And Tina Campbell is definitely Risha. <laughs> um, city girls. The city gospel girls. The city gospel girls. Like, Tina Campbell is definitely Risha. I just want her to shut up. I, like, just, girl, shut, shut up. It's one thing for me to think. There was a quote. It's better to rem- to be thunk a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. And then the, the, the companion quote is, a wise man or woman, because, you know, a wise person does not argue with, with a fool because from the distance, you can't tell who's who. A wise man once said nothing at all. <laughs> Shout out to Drake. Okay, for the Church of Drake. Listen, uh, we got Free Band Baptist, we got Drake Pentecostal. <laughs> um, a, oh, we just released, it's a Drake night on Friday. You trying to go? Is there? Yes, it's a Drake night on Friday. Drake night on Friday where? Uh, Chalet, but it's free. You have me at free 99, <laughs> It's a Drake night, so yeah, we go, we going to pull up. Shout out, to my, shout out to my homie DJ 5.0. I see you, baby. But yeah, uh, Drake night, Friday. Okay, yeah. Um, Speaking of my faves... Can we talk about how Cash Doll is the captain? Megan the Stallion is With lieutenant. With two weeks. And Rico Nasty is definitely the colonel. Listen. Them I, bitches are running shit right now. I personally, I'm not a stan, because a stan is requires a level of commitment. I personally Beyonce's the only person I'm committed to like that. But I am a Rico Nasty fan. I'm a Rico Nasty fan. First of all, Guap, shout out she did what she had to do. Cash Doll is still the only doll I'll recognize. <laughs> I, like 32, I don't care. 
Cash Doll is the only doll that I recognize. Y'all talk about these dreams and Asians, and I'm like... Cubans and savages and... Nah. Cash Doll, straight from the Midwest. And shout out to Dreezy, too. Shout out yeah, to Dreezy. Yeah, Dreezy Chanel Slides is actually... Shout, can, shout out to Dreezy. Dreezy from Chicago. She got she she got a banger of her first album. She got a couple of her songs Yeah, on her and Cash did a song called Chanel Slides, and it's my... Literally, like, when I'm getting dressed, Chanel Slides is on. It, it just releases my inner bad bitchery. <laughs> it, does some, it does something to me. I can't help but it. But, yeah, I, so, shout out to Rico Nasty. Uh, party, she did what she needed to do on Party Going Dumb. She did what she needed to do on Poppin', on Hey Arnold. Like, she, she got that vibe. She got a vibe to her, but it's, like, different. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, like, it's, like, part... Like she cute, but part she's also hood hood chick, and, and she's also actually really rapping. Like she's she, really really rapping. She, but she she like, so she did a song with Black Boy JB called In the Air. Oh, I, I love how these female rappers are getting on the track with these men and out rapping them. Speaking of which, Megan The Stallion has a joint with Wale right now, pole dancer, and out rapped him easily. The difference between Black Boy JB and Wale is this. One, I think Black Boy JB was actually really trying hard, and she and he just sounded like her energy on that track just you know overwhelmed him. Wale, on the other hand, I think he it's not like no no again not taking away anything from Megan, but we know Wale can outrap damn near anyone. If I he mean, wants. yeah, but like <laughs> I think she he really set, he, he set that up for her to she kill the shit. Really got on the track and was just like, well, we here now. And I saw something where it said. A, Adina Howard was a freak, so Megan the Stallion could be a big old freak. <laughs> <laughs> but even, now I remember Megan bro, when she did that uh, freestyle her, oh, that, that 4 p.m. in Calabasas. Or her Stally freestyle. And so that 4 p.m. because that 4 p.m. in Cal, uh, Calabasas freestyle was was my first time seeing her. It was filmed. She had like that tight ass crop top on. You know, and I just remember her body. Whoever the surgeons are, my God. Um, do y'all bodies come? They got your money's worth. <laughs> do y'all bodies come in medium? Because maybe I'm sitting here hating, just a little hate, just a little, but hate a little bit of hate, a little bit of hate. But it's like y'all, just, God damn, I'm but, jealous. Listen, and so, so, and so, Mega Desire came on on that 4 p.m. in Calabasas beat, which is one of the hardest beats that in my in recent history. Because mm-hmm. that beat. I feel like anyone could sound good rapping on it, but she really did. She did what she had to do. Listen, she, she, you, she, you, she. He asked me for my number. I said Chanel number nine. Who was she? Who, she, who do you think you are? Who are you talking to? It's like when I pull up late just to ride that face. Oh man, listen, I, I never felt so disrespected and and attracted. Turned off. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> who the fuck you talking to? But keep talking. Like, I mean, you're not talking to me, but you can keep talking to me. <laughs> I feel and so, it. And so I think shout out to them showing that there is room for more than just one prominent female rapper at a time. And I think in this, no male, in, in this male-dominated, because hip-hop is still a very male-dominated industry, yeah. no cap here, is showing that, hey, it ain't got to be Team Cardi versus Team Nicki. It can be, well, how about Team Rico? How about Team Megan? How about Team all of them? It can, there's room in the game and there's enough food to eat. Oh, yeah, shout out to Mocha to Bands. Um, there's enough food to eat, you know what I'm saying, for, for everyone to be, to for more than one female rapper. And they all, and shout out to No Name, too. There's, and they all don't have to be in that little Kim selling sex mode. You, like, know, you don't right? have to, you, you don't have to be extra name? laundry. Oh, extra my God. Watching. She said, what is it? No Reload. What is her name? It's like, 
uh, she wears the mask when she performs. Uh, I cannot pronounce her name. I cannot think of her name. Go get it. Get into get into our get into the uh, even her like the the. I really feel like the Missy Elliotts walked so that your obscure female rapper. And shout out to Missy Elliott for getting the songwriters Hall of Fame. But I first black woman, the first black woman, the first black hip hop artist. I want to make sure I give her her things properly. I want to say it's like the first black. Let's do our Googles. Yeah, first black. It might be the first female hip hop artist, or the, you know, to get a get into the songwriting hall of fame. Either way, shout out to Missy. Missy has wrote some of your favorite hits, and you don't even know it. So yep, shout- she's got inducted into the songwriters hall of fame. I know. I know it's a first attached to it. I just don't remember which yes. one, which first. Hold on. Um. She's see, not the first rapper. Jay-Z was the first I, rapper. I think it might be the first female, black female rapper. I, she is the first black female rapper. And so, big shout out to Missy and, and Missy and Foxy Brown. Um, Little I Kim. appreciate it all. What Pave I appreciate for them. Of, of all of them, and the reason why, like, because when Nicki first came out, I was a stan. Like, you couldn't tell me too much. But there was a not, there she was a the only one mainstream and that as prominent as she was at the time. And that's why she was able to kind of do Do the number argument. When when anyone else would kind of come up and kind of try to challenge her, she was able to crush him using the numbers. But surprise, Cardi came in and and doing better numbers. Better numbers. And we know she don't write her raps. We know that. We know Cardi ain't But we like her. And the the thing that we like most about Cardi has nothing to even really do about her talent. That's We were all surprised. We were all shocked that this little loving hip-hop girl came, came out, out with Bodak no, Yellow. And not even Bodak Yellow. Um, She had, what was uh, it? Forever. She forever. had a lick with Offset before they got together. And before She had a she had a hit. Like, Cardi's mixtape, Gangsta Bitch Volume 1 and 2, I fucked with. I'm so sorry. I... If we talk about problematic phase, I know I know the Catch Me Outside girl ain't rapping these songs. Shout out to the black girl who is rap, writing her songs, but she got a couple bops too. I hate to hate, I hate, I hate, I hate. I hate that I like it, but and actually no, I haven't given her any attention because I don't think she should be famous. Like you got on Doctor Phil and acted a full ass and turned into a million dollar check. I, like my morality sometimes stops me from supporting some of these people. Like I I can't. I can't. But the one thing I do, like the one thing that Cardi and your Megans and your Cashes and, you know what I mean, your your Ricos will always have over these Nicki Minaj type women and rappers is authenticity. They not out here pretending to be nothing. They not. They're not. Cash will tell you flat out, I'm a bitch from Detroit at the end of the day. Cardi, Cardi, every chance she gets will remind you, I'm a little stripper bitch. And I, I have been a little stripper bitch. It's the first time I'm really getting real money, and I still will try to fight you at New York Fashion Week. And she will still run up on you on that bitch twice. She, this is the second Ran time down on, on that bitch, bitch twice. twice. You, she lives what the fuck she talks about, and I will always respect authenticity over any of that shit. Shout out to Megan Assign because she's still going to school. She's still trying to complete her degree she even has, after getting signed. She has signed, and she said, "Listen, that she said that little check ain't going nowhere. It's not going." And she's absolutely right. It's not going anywhere. I'm going to finish my degree. She said, I, I, I started it. I might as well finish it. And, girl, you're stronger than me because I still got two degrees I need to finish. But Also, shout, shout out to Tay Keith for, for graduating from Middle Tennessee State um, after being one of the biggest producers of 2018. Because it's so easy to get caught up in life and fame. Like, nigga, fuck this class. Nigga, I was, had like, nowhere near, where near life's fame or money, and I was almost like, fuck this class. Okay. So, I was a broke boy in, at Wright State University like, fuck this class. So I can't. Keep finishing, man. Shout out to y'all, man. 
So yeah, um, Calvin. What's up, baby? I think we have a topic we can actually agree on, and where's the holy water? Because this is two weeks in a row. Right, right. Um, so me and you recently had a conversation about like why our distrust for black men and black women who only exclusively date the whites. Right. So, so, all right. So I'm gonna tell you what inspired this for me. Right. Okay. So. Shout out to my homegirl, Ashantia, my little sister. I love you. She sent this to me. And she sent me, like, I just need you to see this. And it's this, it's this, I like, kind of popping IG girl. Like, she's really, like, body positive. She's, like, she's she's plus, she's a plus size, right? Mm-hmm. So she, she's really body positive. She's a black girl. And her IG story is pretty much her just, like, calling out, all these niggas, I guess, over the past however many months or whatever the time right. frame is, and for, like, ghosting on her or for, like, just kind of airing out all the negative qualities about these men she may have, may have met on Tinder, okay, Cupid, Bumble, in the streets. Because she lives in New York, so, you know, you stumble on, you meet somebody you're trying to fuck. Like, I get it. But I was just looking at it. And so I was looking at her going through man by man by man by that man by man. So... By man airing out like, hey, like you know, like some of it was real problematic. Like I guess some one dude like laced laced her weed, and so like she she had to really get all of her energy, get it to fuck up because she wasn't able to move. But some of it was like, like this man, you know, his the main crime was he, you know, he he wasn't good at sex, right? Like oh, this man didn't didn't let didn't make me come. And it's so like, let me stop you there, because <laughs> I'm I got thoughts. I'm gonna let you interject, interject now because I got some thoughts on it. I find that to be so tacky. If the interaction that I have with this man, now mine is like you lacing my drugs. Like, right, that's, that deserves to get caught out. Now that deserves to, like you, I personally would have had some of my niggas at your doorstep. You don't do that. Like that, that's rapey as fuck. But you, just because you had a bad interaction or, with this and person. somebody ghosted you. Or, or somebody ghosted me. Or somebody didn't respond to me the way I wanted them to. Like, dog, grow up. And so I looked at it. And so the first thing, first level was like... I, accountability while dating, right? Because I'm of a belief that there are three sides to every story. There's your story, there's their story, and then there's what actually happened. Because we all have our own internal biases, and we all remember things the way we kind of want them to remember. And so, I that's why, when I say I got to hear both sides, I really mean it, because I'm able to, okay, you think this happened. You think this happened. Okay, what actually happened? So I'm going through Shorty's Insta story. And just, you know, not only is she kind of, you know, trashing all these people. Some deserve, some not. But then you got her little fan base of cheerleaders, like, riling her up. Like, hell yeah, we want to show these cishet men, you know, that they're not to treat us like shit. But then third, and I'm looking at some of these, like, why did you give this man a second and third chance? Like, some of these, some of these descriptions should have been, all right, I'm out at, at, at step one. And secondly, a lot of these aren't bad enough for you to expose this man. Okay, y'all, y'all, y'all had sex, and it was mediocre. Because, and I can't believe I'm about to say this. If a man were to blast his interactions with a woman online like that and talk about how we would be rightfully calling this nigga garbage. We would be calling him all types of trash, toxic masculinity. It would have been the think pieces that would have came out of Twitter about toxic masculinity and like I can just see it now. So to see a woman get on the internet and just because a man didn't respond to you. What makes you think that he's entitled? Like, who the fuck the, do you the think you are? The entitlement of it is crazy. Who, even if it was a man thinking that I, I have to respond to you, who the fuck do you think you are? 
What gives you the right, the entitlement to think that I, because I don't respond to you, that you get you get to go on the internet and talk cash? And shit. not only that, not only that, you get to put my name out there, my Tinder po- profile. My so now there's going to be a gaggle of women who don't know me, don't even know you. For real, because the internet ain't real. You know what I'm saying? Don't even really know you underneath my page, disrespecting me because you and I had a false inter- a bad interaction. Like, okay, bad, cool. Cool. Because, 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 <laughs> energy is never the same. But what? what I'm, I'm sorry. There's got to be like some type of charges you can file for that shit. It's defamation. There's like, I mean, slander, labelle. Like, and if and if you really posting like, she's like a oh, step and a half away from revenge porn. If she posts some some of the wrong shit, like you, you're listen, like harassment. If, harassment if is definitely Cent there. Can win a case for revenge porn. I'm pretty sure she's up for some charges. Like harassment and and, and what? What? And the another thing I noticed again, she is this black plus size woman, body positive plus size woman. Every single one of these men she was calling out were white. Every last one of them were white or white adjacent. So meaning they were white with a mix a little whatever in them. Oh, so like they were mixed but white passing. Yes. Okay. Every single one of them were right. And so I look at it, I'm like, huh, well, I'll be damned. Because first of all, I don't give a, like, it's just bad. I'm working on it. But if you, all you date is white men, you deserve, I don't, like, you should, I don't really give a fuck about what you go through. Because I, cause you should know better. It comes back to, okay, you, I think about environment. Right. Because I grew up in very two different neighborhoods when my family was settling in Cincinnati. I grew up in Forest Park, which is predominantly black, and I also had spent a time at Northwest, which at the time that I was going was predominantly white. So they didn't, they didn't nigger Northwest. Oh yeah, so. Northwest is definitely not predominantly white. <laughs> so <laughs> I think about it like this: it's all about what you were exposed to. Right. So say if kiddo were to grow up in a predominantly white neighborhood. Right. The women and men or little girls and little boys that would be around him are predominantly white children. Right. So that was what he would that would be his dating pool. That would be who he's right. predominantly around. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that he can't find the black girl that's in his class or find, but, you know. But when there's because that's that has been that was a little bit of my experience. Like for those who don't know, I grew up in Middletown, Ohio. In Middletown, Ohio, was you either white or black, and there was no Latinas, yeah. there was no Asians, it was either white or black, and and where I grew up, a lot of it was a lot of mixed interracial couples on both sides. You would see the black girl with the white boy, you see the white girl with the black boy, and right. so, but you yes, you can search and find the little chocolate chip, and I went to college in Miami, like that's that's the epitome of a PWI for those who don't know. Right, like you could find you could find the little chocolate chips and the bowls of vanilla ice cream, yes, but that just your skin color doesn't guarantee compatibility. Right, like just because you're black, I'm black doesn't mean that we're on a vibe because right. we're black. Like, and it's problematic to assume that. Now, sure, is in New York. Mm. You telling me you can't find black people in New York? Friends didn't. Seinfeld didn't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't tell me you can't find a single a single black passing person in New York. I mean, this is active choices. It's not like you're in Iowa here. These so I'm not gonna choices. lie. There's definitely some validity to what you said, but. My take and my like my my ground basis for how I treat you in regards to your dating preferences is respect. If I ask this young lady, why are you exclusively dating white men? Right. Mm -hmm. And her response is because niggas ain't shit. Not fuck niggas and black men this. And it goes into like this. The spiel. The spiel and the man and the black man bashing conversation. Then I get to read her. 
Same vice versa. If I ask for a black man, why do you exclusively uh, because own black, black women don't do it. Black women. And don't. I would drag you for filth because you don't get to be disrespectful in naming your preference. If your preference is so great, then there will be more positive things to say about your preference than the negative things that you have to say about the people you come from. And 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 that's and that's always been my that's always been my thing because it's like. Both, for those who like Kodak Black, for example, who said, like, I, I ain't trying to date no dark bitches when he is about, when he is black as 11.59 p.m. I mean, the, it's self, it's, it's self, that's self-hate. That's self-hate. And then we talked about it a little bit on a, a previous episode, but like Michael B. Jordan, for example, has never come out and said any disparaging. Uh, I was mar- on that episode. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm pointing to you. And he's, and he's never came out and said uh, any disparaging word about black women when he's been seen with these non-black women. And so... But there's a difference here. Like, I, if, if Michael B. ever came out and said, like, I, I, I don't date black women because, you know, this and third, yeah, properly read that man for, for filth. filth. But, as, I mean, my whole thing about it is no harm, no foul. And I don't think the other part about it that's problematic is I can still take root in the, in, in the advancement of black people and the progression of black people. And, and still, my you could catch me dating a white boy. My dating preferences have nothing to do with the values, my value structure, and who and what I fight for. Mm-hmm. Now, with this white man, a white people are going to be inherently themselves. And so, and so, and I guess my thing is, it's like, you know, the those people who say like, well, black black men are just a white people are just a white man of society. But you but you go and date an actual white man. I'm like, hmm, huh? Because again, I believe. If you can date whoever you want and still and still go through and be an ally to black women and black and black women and women of color and, and people mm-hmm. of color, I, but I, it also depends on who's your who's the person that you're who dating. Who is the person? Because if you're dating not... if you're dating fucking um oh Ku Klux Klan Greg over here, and then you want to talk about Black Lives Matter, I'm looking at you strange. For instance, your partner cannot be. Race. You cannot call yourself an ally with a racist partner or a homophobic partner or a partner who who's inherently and chooses to be inherently ignorant. And, and, and because they're spew, because they have to spew their viewpoints to you at some point. At some point. And so if and for me, part of the reason that I've like I, the more black people I got around, I kind of shied away from from actively dating white women, not on purpose, but it's kind of just like. I finally found people who were who kind of like minded, like minded. Mm-hmm. And so and because and this is the stereotypical story is like when I was younger in high school, because I was smart, because I because I because I wasn't necessarily the full the fully athletic. Like I fucked out my knee, so I couldn't really play sports like that after freshman year. And so that young mindedness of like, oh, you talk white. Oh, oh, you're, Ugh, that, I got hit with that, too. And that so that sort of thing. I'm like. Okay, cool. Like subconsciously, I'm gonna go to people who aren't gonna make fun of the fact that I'm using proper English. Who are, and so, but then who are I'm, used to hearing proper English? Who are used English. to hearing proper but English? Also, but as the older I've gotten, I got to college-educated women, women with multiple degrees, black women with multiple degrees, doctorates on their name, MBAs on their name. Mm-hmm. I started hearing that less, and because I started hearing that less, I was able to gravitate back towards. Or we also come from a generation that's recognizing the value of progression. And when we were coming up, you know, we we're talking about early 90s. Right. So you did hear the things, oh, you talk white. And then when I got into white spaces, I wasn't eloquent enough. Right. And then when I was around black spaces, I, I wasn't, wasn't black enough. I wasn't black. I, my colloquialisms weren't where they needed to be. Right. So then 
comes code switching. And I figured out a way to balance the room. Now, when I'm at home, a lot more comfortable. When I'm in a setting that requires me to be a little bit more proper, I'm going to speak your language so that we can at least we can have the conversation. If you're not able to reach if you're not able to communicate effectively then it don't matter what's coming out of your mouth i need to be able to talk to you in a way that you're going to hear me on both sides that's why and i i know we talk about code switching as this negative thing oh it's not but and and, and, and to an extent i get it because like you're you're hiding who you are but you need to be able to communicate people and meet people where they are Mm -hmm. we everyone code switches it's just the how do you code switch like i know i talk to my homies different than i would talk to in the office. In office. Code switching, the difference between code switching and being fake is when you take code switching and then you start acting like something you're not. And when you start putting on a persona and you start changing your core values and the, and the way you should do things. You start things. convincing yourself that, what you're, that exactly. you're not code switching anymore. No, exactly. Like, no, code switching is just being, putting on the, that little extra care of customer service voice. Now I'm still with the shits and my entire office knows <laughs> that Alex is not the one. But, I can tell them, I can say it to y'all, I'm not the one. I can't go in the office and be, I'm not the one. I, listen, per my last email, okay? According to the last correspondence. And so it's one of those things where you just realize, and so this is privilege, right? This is privilege to not have to feel like you have to code switch. Right. Um, Because, and one of the things, like I had in my mind, like if I'm ever going to date a white girl again, I don't want her to act black because I'm not going to go. I'm No, like act who you are, because I'll be damned if I date, I date a facsimile mm. of a black woman. No. I And again, it goes back to you rolls me right into my next point. Perfect segue. So I'm getting good at this. You are. So if anti-blackness is global. The anti-black woman is the great equalizer. And I said this in in front of one of my black guy friends, and he took off on me. Oh, my God, Alex, why do you feel that way? But we love black women. I said, you love black women because you were taught to love black women. I said, but you like the majority of men that I've been around lately, and not, not men that I te- typically keep in my circle, but it's like they glorify these features of big asses and tits and lips and and things that are naturalized on a black woman you put them on a face that isn't black and it's automatically magic and i think the one thing folks can agree upon is not giving a fuck and not protecting black women it's the one it's with black men white men with any any race you look at the bottom of the totem pole and it is black women and it, it just it hurts and a lot of it, and I hate to go back to this, a lot of that was charged up while how people really feel. Every time there's a topic where black women are the main ones affected, every time that's the topic of conversation, people really do show their ass. They really, really do. And I think maybe because my feelings are still hurt from just, like, really dwelling into the commentary from the R. Kelly documentary. But, and, and I should have kept my ass out of those comments. I shouldn't have watched the documentary, to be honest. I don't think I was the no, audience if for you that. Want, if, you, if you want to really have no faith for humanity... Read the Shade Room comments. Read the comments. Um, and Go ahead. Uh, but no, it wasn't even... I, I stay out of the Shade Room. But, uh, you know, it's just... I want 
for black men or men in general, specifically black men because you come of a black woman, to put your ego aside and just listen. Understand that she's not attacking you. But if you feel attacked, it's because she's touching on behaviors that you're you're doing that you're, it's sub, that you're doing. If she's talking to you and you find yourself getting upset and you find yourself getting defensive, it's because she's touching on behaviors that you probably display. She's not talking about you. She's talking about what you're doing. And the fact that she trusts you enough to, to bring it to you means that she trusts you enough to change. <sighs> and she trusts you enough to hear her. I don't bring my issues to thing to men that I feel like are it's gonna fall on deaf ears. Right, and and that's you. And and again, I'm, how do I phrase this? Because I believe most of what you just said. I like I believe, and I I know this isn't the majority of what I'm about to kind of touch on is so. There's a difference between wanting to legitimately wanting to see black men do better in hating black men. There's mm-hmm. a difference. There's a, there's a distinct difference. I don't... I and, and, and and the reason why I say there's a difference is, and the reason why I say some people fall on the other side of hating because not... Because, yes, everyone who is not ignorant understands this this the way this society is ain't can't it can't be the continued norm right everyone understands that but and this is, there's a difference in commentary and there's a difference in how when we talk about okay hating black men or blaming black men for every ill of the world not and I and I don't mean that hype like hyperbole style I mean that there's some and it hurts to say black women that like we're literally was like black men is a, is the worst thing to happen to the, the culture or, or 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 this that sort of thing and that commentary looks like hatred versus hey when you guys do x y and z it hurts can you not do that that's like i really want you to see i really want you to do better I completely agree with that. Um, and, and so, and so, and I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm, no, you're fine. And so, I look at that, and so, I, and I tweeted this. I was like, being a black man in America is like 50% of the time feeling like I, I come from kings and like I, like I am, I'm the shit. And then, at least for me, I'm speaking for me here, 50% of the time is like real arrogant, like I'm the king, we come from kings, like, and 50% of the time feeling like you are responsible for everything bad in the world it's a weird dichotomy to go from like i am kings to like god damn is everything my fault and it's a because it's a weird dichotomy and it's a weird intersection of privilege and a privilege and oppression so funny you say that because as a black woman i feel like we are glorified and we lift and we birth and we are the creator in the beginning of of life and then feared and that feared, and it's almost like I teeter, I teeter this line between being fearless and fearing. Mm-hmm. And it's like in ways that sometimes I recognize and sometimes I don't, where I, I have this confidence. And it's like, I'm a black woman. Nobody can stop me. I'm a, I am, because I'm a black woman, I know I, I have the innate strength inside of me to get this there, shit done. Shout, shout out to black and bold. There's a whole line of shirts that just say, fuck it, I'll do it. 
quoted black woman. Like it just there's a, there's, there's an entire uh, clothing market show, glorifying the the unstoppableness, right? And then there's this little tiny, and it may just be my insecurities, and like you said, I I am just speaking for myself, where it's just like. How are they going to find a way to manipulate, abuse, and disregard me today? How are they going to find, like, what in, what innovative ways are they going to devalue and dehumanize and over-sexualize me today? What ways are they going to hinder me and stifle me and muffle me today? How many, please, how many ways can they let me know that as beautiful as you are, you look better in a different skin, in a different form. If you are so great, if you this wasn't coming from a black woman, this idea would be wonderful if it wasn't from your black ass. And I, and that's real, right? And I, I want to make sure I take time to acknowledge your feelings, because, and so I looked at it, and for a while, I think again speaking for me, my defensiveness came from the fact that the the things that you that people were describing I couldn't relate to because I'm looking around at like the people I call friends Mm -hmm. people I call brothers the people I call close confidants like we don't do this shit but then I had to realize because when y'all started showing me your phones when y'all started showing me your DMs when y'all started showing me the comments when I started stepping back and seeing the the my DMs were filthy and it got to a point where I not sorry for cutting you off but I, I actually found myself in tears one day because I, it was just one of those days where I felt like it was coming from all angles. And then I got hit with a couple DMs from, like, actually three, three different men. And it was just, like, really just nothing in our conversation, nothing in that I've ever said to neither one of these men said anything like, come fuck. Or come, I want you sexually. Nothing. And if you in know Alex, you know that's not. You know that's. You don't even got a question. Yeah, right. Like I'm a very like open. Like it's one of those things where like she'll tell you if she don't like you, she'll tell you if she does. There's no fence sitting with me. It's either you know, like it's either you like me or you don't, or if I like you or I don't. You don't have to ever. If you're wondering how I feel about you, I don't like you. Like, cause there's never any. I I don't leave gray areas in my in my life. I don't. So. Um, with these, either one of these men, they hit me up and it was just like about sleeping with me and nothing in our interaction said, that's what I want from you. Nothing. And I like really, it broke me down. And in that moment, and it really did. And in that moment, it was just like, is this what y'all see of me? And then I had to think about the other women in my life that I know that go through the same thing. And it's like, is this really what y'all see? Is this really what you think is appropriate? Like, how do you, as a black man, as a man, even if you weren't a black man, as a man, fix your mouth to proposition a woman who has expressed no interest in that from you? And it's not even, hey, I think you're sweet. I would like to get a drink with you one time. Like, yeah, I want you to be honest with me. Like, yeah, I'm trying to fuck. But there's a way to say I'm trying to fuck that doesn't sound so. I don't know. And I'm not saying sugarcoat it or dress it up and make it real for me. But it's like as a man. You don't have to be so derogatory. I'm still, I have a feel, I do have feelings. You know what I mean? Like, and I do expect to be treated with some type of respect and allowing you to enter. And just to, from the way you came at me to still allow you to enter me under those circumstances, are that's fucking wild. That's wild. Like, it's, it's literally, and uh, thank God the timing of things is crazy because 
uh, one of my male friends called me in the middle of me like bawling. He's like, what the hell is wrong with you? And I explained to him the situation. He was just like, I should probably whoop your ass for ever allowing somebody to get to you like that. He said, you sit on a position, and not just me, but when he was talking to me, it was the message was for me, but I was thinking about all my other black women friends who I know go through the same things. And it was just like, you sit on too high of a throne to allow peasants to get underneath, to allow peasants to get to you like that. It's like, how dare you? Like, and, and, how how dare you? And I think, and we'll start to wrap this up, but we folk as a society, we focus on the negative way more than we ever will focus on the positive in everything. I noticed that. And so, like, for example, even, even first and foremost, even, like, rappers and, like, they'll... 25 comments will tell them how good they are, but they'll read the one comment that's like, oh, man, you're shitty, and will respond to that. Right. In society. So, like, I looked at it like, I know for a fact, me, my niggas, plenty of people aren't out, aren't actively out here doing the fuck shit that has clearly been described, but we focus on the people who do. And because it's because it's more, it's like in our face. Like, the positive shit is easier to kind of just because that's what's supposed to happen. Right. Versus the negative shit is not what's supposed to happen, so it's more jarring to us on both sides. Right. Because there's been times, hell, somebody stood in this podcast booth one time, and I left that episode thinking, like, relationships between black men and black w- women are fucking, we can't salvage these shits. If, if this is the majority thinking of this one, like this guest, <laughs> where the fuck do we go from here? And you look at it like, and, and as a black man, we have an intersection of male privilege and black black oppression. Right. Which kind, which kind of evens out to us still getting a shorter end of the stick. Not the short end, but the shorter end. And so in order to kind of go through that and not break down and want to fucking not live on this planet anymore, because there's been times... Not even, like, on a suicidal tip. I just didn't want to live in this society anymore. Right. I think you touched on something crazy, and I don't want to glaze over that. You said it perfectly. You do sit in a position of male privilege and black oppression. But because it's always about leveraging your privilege, it's always about making room. Even as a middle-class black woman, I have some some type of privilege. Fiscal, there's fiscal privileges. Right, there's, I still leverage that privilege to give voice to people who don't sit in the shoes that I have, and I don't ever want us to lose sight of that. And also, for me as a black woman, I know that there are black men who don't like black women for whatever reason. Those conversations need to be had with somebody who can talk to him about that. Me as a black woman, I'm not the face for that voice because he won't hear me. So you as a black man could talk to a black man about his anti-black womanness and his self-hate because that's what that is. Me can't do that. And that's how you leverage that privilege. That's how you enter those conversations. Say, my man, that's, that's kind of foul. How did you get there? And me, I can go back and have conversations with black women that bash black men or hate black men because that's not. When I talk about black men, it's never from a place of hate. It's always from a place of accountability. It's always from a place of, I know we can do better than that. But in order for us to do better than that, I'm not, I'm not, I don't coddle people in my personal life. There's no way I know how to do it. 
you know what I'm saying? To a relative strike. Right. There's no, I, I've never had that. Like I said, my parents never laid it on soft at all. They ripped that bandaid clean off. So it's, it's forgive my delivery, but hear my message. And that's the thing, right? And so, because, but we, we just talked about with code switching, right? Mm-hmm. The delivery is so important because it's like, I said this, I said this, it was like, until black men are okay being talked to any type of way and just having to kind of just sit there and eat that is going to be hard because because you come from a standpoint and it's a, it's a fair standpoint of like I ain't got time to, to, to deliver this to you in a way that you're gonna that you're gonna be okay with if I need to deliver this message I, I, need, you, I need you to hear it sometime but you know what I will because as somebody who needs to work on her delivery I also understand the importance of delivery sometimes you're not going to hear this message if it sounds like i'm coming at you crazy like you'll just you're completely disregard me if it sounds like oh alex is disrespecting the fuck out of me fuck her and a lot of times exactly and a lot of times i'll be speaking out of love but i you i'm loud and i'm like bro what the fuck is your problem i'll be like you're better than this shit sometimes it comes across that way that's not i'm always if i'm even if i'm addressing you about your behavior it's because i love you and I and I've always been taught that confrontation, head on confrontation is a sign of respect because you respected me enough to bring the problem to me. So yeah. if somebody were to come to me and say, Alex, you fucked up, this is unacceptable. And I'm not going to hold you. Like there's been a couple of times in this past week alone, people that love me got on me about my shit. That's a sign of love. But there's also it's also like a social and again I promise we were going to wrap up, but we got to we got to make sure we touch on this. It's a, it's a social, not a social contract, but it's like. Everybody can't speak to you the way the people that you love speak to you. Right. Like, I know me and you could talk a certain way, but if someone else talked to me that same way that you talked to me, mm-hmm. oh, we, we, it's not going. Oh, yeah. And vice versa. And For so, sure. And so if we look at it from a, a societal standpoint, I don't think that black men and black women, at least from what I see on the internet, and the internet's not real life, but we haven't even reached that point mm-hmm. where we can just accept that this is out of love, this is out of accountability, where a lot of both sides are extremely defensive whenever we talk to each other or anybody else, to be honest. And I don't, I get it because right. every day we see some some little black girl is missing or a little black girl is abducted, some little black boy then got shot, whether it's by the police or his own people. Right. And, and and we look around and we see that the majority black football team that just reached a pinnacle of their fucking sport are being fed cold hamburgers by a fucking racist, xenophobic dumbass. I will be defensive too. I get it. And so I'm trying. I know I'm actively trying to figure out how do we move past this. Like, I like. I, I got to renew my commitment to finding a space for African-American men to kind of work through their shit without the help of black women. I'm tr- And so that takes time. And I need to renew my dedication to that. And it's also- not bad to have a black woman as your ally and as your friend. Because we do know how to create these spaces. I'm just not trying to. Ma- I'm just not trying to put you guys through unnecessary emotional labor that the, you guys aren't getting paid the for. Crazy, and we appreciate that. <laughs> we listen. This ain't Django, but the way I see it is that black women we don't 
I, I speak for me as a black woman. I don't mind when my talents are being leveraged. I mind being taken advantage of. And as long as there's a level of gratitude and humility in these service acts, I will never mind. So I, you know, I, I, you know what I mean? Like, so when you talk about that, if you come to a black woman and say, hey, I need to point me in the right direction, get me on the right path, you are going to bear the burden of that. I mean, not the burden, but the, the weight of that load. But she's there to ease you on, on up. She's there to, to guide that path. She's there to point you towards that North Star, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So don't ever feel like, oh, I don't want to cause more burden on a black woman, but I know this black woman has my resource. We're there for that. Don't take advantage of it. And remember that once your cup is pouring over, it's time to refill the cup you just poured from, that you just took from. So that's all it is. It's about reciprocity and making sure that you move, when you do move with black women, it's with humility. And it is with a certain level of gratitude and appreciation. And I guarantee you'll be met with the same energy. And if you're not, then it's time to reevaluate the relationship that you have with that black woman. But there, I can't sit here and say that the black women that I have in my circle, that if the men in their life or if I reached out, that they wouldn't be there with a smile on. Who child? We got a long way to go, but we can get there. And we and, are and, getting there. And and, and, and it's, it's not going to be quick. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be fun. It it's takes be, a level uh, of honesty. It's going to be difficult. For it's sure. going to be ugly at points um in order to kind of move and and even still like i look at it half positive because where we were ain't where we came from like even now 2019 is a huge improvement over shit 2008 like if you want a quick drinking game look at however look at a 1980 comedy like Eddie Murphy's Delirious or Richard Pryor comedy special or Bernie Mac and even Kings of Comedy comedy specials or any of the Queens of Comedy. And take Those a sh- jokes did not age and, and, well at and, and, all. And take a shot for every time they say a joke that wouldn't fly in 2019. See how fast you get alcohol poisoning. You be dead. <laughs> dead, dead. That's my point. Society is always progressing. It's just not progressing as fast as we would like it, but it's still progressing faster than any time before it. We are on our way. We are on our way. Um... So we're going to wrap up here. Um, again, I said it for the third time, but, you know, we had shit we needed to speak on. Um, hashtag shoot your shot pod. Hashtag shoot your shot. Hashtag potting. Um, all of our information, all of our bios, our at names are in the description of the episode. Once I, um, once I get off of my ass, I'm going to figure out how to get us on Spotify. But, again, Spotify trying to get some money. and Can't blame them. Can't blame them, but this therapist. Can't join them either. <laughs> I was like, this therapist costs money. <laughs> like, I need all my coins, you feel me? Um, but again, we appreciate everyone listening. Um, tell a friend to tell a friend. The biggest thing that you can do to support us is to tell somebody who doesn't already listen to us to listen to us. Um, and I will be sliding some of y'all DMs because some, some of y'all need to come up up here and get get, get, and get in this booth. Get we got in some, the hot seat. Because we got some things we got to speak on. So, uh, again, signing off. It's your boy C. Diddy. It's your girl, Ali Nicole. We are out. You call it five, five shooting shots, why not?